everyone and welcome to this episode, the podcast one of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. Before we start, if you like Women Talking About Learning and want to help keep the lights on and the tea poured, you can contribute at Ko-Fi. Details are on our website, womentalkingaboutlearning.com and in the show notes. This is a bit of a meta episode. The idea of people talking about podcasts on a podcast was a bit unusual, but something that we've been asked about a little bit. So, to make sure we cover the topic properly, we've got two women who produce podcasts to guest. Our first guest is Liz Drury. Liz was born and brought up in Northamptonshire, but now lives in rural North Lincolnshire. After working in local television education, she began working as a voiceover artist in 2013, whilst living in the US. In 2017, she was named as one of the UK's top 100 small businesses, which led to an invitation to a reception at 10 Downing Street, And Liz is also the host of the Small Business Big Network podcast, which is for small business owners who want to get more from their networking. Our second guest is Heidi Kirby. Heidi is a learning and development leader, PhD candidate in instructional design and technology at Old Dominion University, and host of The Block, Building, Learning and Organisational Culture podcast for L&D professionals. A learning problem solver, Heidi got her start as a college English professor, but has since worked as an instructional designer for NASA, a large health insurance company, a small tech startup, and a software company in her hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. For a PhD programme, she's studying leadership competencies that instructional designers need to be successful. This episode was really fun to record, and I'll tell you why at the end. This is Women Talking About Learning. This is Liz and Heidi talking about podcasts. Hello, Heidi. Um, Whereabouts in the world are you? I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, US. What about you, Liz? So I'm in North Lincolnshire in the UK. Isn't it wonderful that we can do these kind of things? It is so great. On the other side of the world. Yes, it's like one of those happy, like one of the, if we can take something positive from the pandemic, what would it be? And it's all of the different people that I've talked to all over the world. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I've talked to people in Canada this week, in um, France this week. And that just wouldn't have happened before the pandemic, I don't think. No, no. It's a great way to network. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to be talking about podcasting today. Yes. Podcasting on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A podcast about a podcast. Yeah. So I want to know about, about your podcast and what you do. Sure. So a little bit about me background. Um, I started my career as a college English professor and then kind of worked my way into corporate instructional design and started kind of my path to L&D leadership this year. And now I lead a small yet scrappy L&D team for my organization. But last year I was laid off due to the pandemic and um, I ended up working as a contractor for a startup. And when I say startup, I mean like three other people and myself. Mm -hmm. And part of that was kind of creating the instructional design function for that startup. And so my idea, which I'd been pitching to multiple bosses before this without success was, Hey, let's use a podcast to kind of try and bolster this startup's name and their, their reputation. Right. And so the Block podcast was started and Block stands for Building Learning and Organizational Culture. And once I left that contracting position, I 
asked my former boss, Hey, can I keep this? Can I just take over the cost, the, you know, all of the functions Mm -hmm. of it and keep this podcast. And he was nice enough to let me do that. And so every two weeks for over a year now, I've been cranking out the episodes. That's brilliant. Did did you have any experience of podcast or recording or any of that stuff before? Um, Recording, yes. As an instructional designer, I had done, you know, my own voiceover work because, you know, when you're limited in budget, you have to do your own voiceover. So I had experience editing with Audacity, which is what I still use today. Um, And other than that, no, I had, I had no idea when I like started down the rabbit hole, I was like, wait, you need somewhere to host it. You need this, you need, you know, all of the things that I wasn't aware that I needed to do to have a podcast. Cause mostly I just wanted to start one cause it seemed cool. And because I was a fan. Audacity is great actually isn't it I mean when I when I started out um in in the world of voiceover which is is my career Audacity was the first piece of recording software that I used I I use something else these days but it's free and open to anyone to use so for anyone who's thinking of starting a podcast and thinking oh is it going to be really expensive it really doesn't need to be does it no No, a lot of people use Zoom for their podcast too, but I want to stop there and ask you about your podcast. (laughs) Sure. So as I've just mentioned, I'm a voiceover artist and um, I've been doing this for about eight years now. And my my connection to the the, the field of learning and development is that I narrate a lot of e-learning courses. Um, It's actually one of my favorite things to do because you learn so much while you're doing it. And, you know, I've narrated courses for the hospitality industry, for um, healthcare, for education, for, you know, all all kinds of different sectors. And, um, you know, it's always really interesting, even the nuclear waste industry, even (laughs) if you want to know how to get rid of nuclear waste, I can tell you all about it. And so, you know, working as a voiceover artist, um, you know, people had suggested to me numerous times, oh, you, you should do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, but oh, I, I don't know whether I want to do that. I don't know whether I want the commitment, because you know, once you start doing it, as you know, you it's, it's a content hungry beast. You've got to keep yes. feeding it. And I thought, do I want to get into all that? And I mean, although um, obviously I'm used to recording and, and editing, I had no idea about how to get the podcast out there, you know, the whole hosting and that kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, there's a big learning curve to to go through. Do I really want to do that? And also I wasn't really sure what my podcast should be about. Um, And I joined um, a Facebook community about podcasting, which is run by a lady called Anna Parker Naples. Um, She kind of calls herself the podcast queen or she has been called the podcast queen. And she had a free Facebook group and she was running a, a free challenge, a five day start your podcast challenge um which which I joined in with and it was all about you know looking at what podcasts are out there what your interests are um you know how much time you can put into it etc etc and I I went through this five-day challenge and I and I still wasn't quite sure what I was going to do but something that I really enjoy doing for my business is is networking and you know it's it's one of the main ways that I use to market myself and so I thought, well, maybe something around networking. Um, and I was, I'm fairly well known within the voiceover industry for, for networking. And I get asked to speak at conferences about it and that sort of thing. And I thought, well, why not capitalize on that? Um, so I had a look to see 
what else was out there because obviously you don't want your podcast to be too similar to something that somebody else is, is oh, already yeah. doing. And what I found was that certainly within the UK, nobody else was doing a podcast about, about networking. So I thought, oh, okay, there is, there is a bit of a gap in the market here. By the time I got my act together and actually did it, which was several months later, there was one or two other things going on, but they're not quite the same as, as what I do. Sure. And, and in fact, I, I've had the hosts of other podcasts about networking on, on my podcast in here, and I've, I've been on theirs and it's worked out quite well, well really. So um, that's kind of how my podcast came about really so did, did you do research as to whether someone was already doing what what you were doing yeah I did and really I feel like there's so many variations and when you have guests on your podcast when you choose that format you're going to run into like similar um you know similar content and things like that so I wasn't too much worried about it because you know, there kind of are a lot of L&D podcasts out there. And so I try to stay to, to make it a little bit different. I try to stay at kind of like the organizational level and talk about kind of, you know, more organizational things and, um, you know, how L&D professionals who are seeking a career can look at organizations and things like that. So I kind of try to zoom out from some of the topics that I've heard, but, you know, kind of like you said that, the hosts of the other networking podcasts and you have like been on each other's shows. That's super common with the L and D podcast. You know, I have friends, um, Amy Patricic and Leslie early and Dr. Luke Hobson who have their own podcast. I've been on theirs. They've been on mine. You know, it's just kind of, there's, there's also this little like podcasting network in and of itself where you go on each other's podcast and then you even share guests. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I was at um, a conference uh, two weeks ago now, a, a real life conference with people in the room. It was amazing. <laughs> and uh, it was a, a conference for voiceover artists and it was down in London. And one of the sessions actually was about podcasting. And um, the presenter showed a slide with um, a number of pictures of podcast um, um channel art on um and, and mine was one of the pictures that she showed and she'd picked a number of um um podcasts that were related to voiceover or run by voiceover artists um and I was one of the ones on there and I looked along the, you know, the, the, the pictures and thought yeah I know that person I know that person I know that person <laughs> and like you say it's kind of a quite a small world actually but uh, it, it's growing though isn't it it is it's easier now than ever, I feel like, to start a podcast. So what advice would you give to someone who's kind of like in the stage that we were when we were experimenting with the should we, shouldn't we, what is yeah. this going to take? I, I think my advice is just get on with it <laughs> to be honest that that's the advice I would give to my, yes. myself you know a, a year ago where I was dithering about it because you know I just like I said before I, I was worried about how much time it was going to take up and actually it doesn't the kind of the format that I, I've chosen is sometimes I will do a short episode where it's just me talking into the microphone most of the time I, I have a guest 
And it, it's very much like, like we're talking now, really. I just let the conversation flow. I have an outline of some, um, some questions that I would tell the guests in advance. This is what I'm planning to, to ask you. And it's never anything very, very difficult, but we might go off on tangents and so on. And um, I, I generally don't do too much editing to it afterwards because I like it to sound like a natural conversation, like, you know, the listener is eavesdropping on our conversation, like, like yeah. we're having now. And so... It doesn't it doesn't take up too much time. I mean, I, I know people who have podcasts that are all singing or dancing and they uh, edit it massively and put in lots of sound effects and lots of music and so on. And they sound brilliant, but I really don't have time for that. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> that kind of warts and all. So, you know, I've, I've had episodes where the dog has started barking, either my dog or, uh -huh. or um there's been a, a vacuum cleaner in the background or traffic going past or whatever. I was interviewing um, John Hinchliffe, who we both oh, know yes. quite well yes. from the uh, L&D, uh, the global L&D community. And uh, I was interviewing him for my podcast and his wife had the hairdryer going in the background. So <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's, it's kind of like people get to... Um, the people can really sort of visualize you in your your domestic <laughs> surroundings I think when you get all these background noises and we've Absolutely. all you know a lot of us have been working from home over the last year anyway so I think we're all kind of used to that now aren't we, aren't we? for yeah, sure but back, back back to your original question yeah my advice is get on with it and don't just don't just just jump in really and really? it's not as there's not as much to learn as you think there is it's not as hard to do as you think it might be um and, you know, I'm, I'm finding it not too difficult to get guests to come on. And I, I've usually got at least sort of four weeks in the bank, um, you know, so that I've got a bit of a buffer and I'm not thinking, oh, no, I've got to put, put a podcast out tomorrow. What do I need to do that? I haven't come to that yet. <laughs> well, that's good because I feel like that's where I live. <laughs> but no, I really like that advice of just get on with it. I think that I would tell people that it's not as involved or as expensive as you think it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you said that you kind of do light editing. When I first started, I edited out every single, um, that every guest said, if you go back and like, listen to the first three episodes of my podcast and then listen to like a more recent one, you're gonna, if you listen for it, you're going to notice the difference, but what I found is that when I listen to other people's podcasts, I don't notice that background noise. I don't notice the ums. I'm thinking about what they're saying. And so when, when I kind of realized that that's when I stopped editing so heavily and it does, it saves you a ton of time, yeah. but if you use a tool like audacity to edit, if you, you know, find there, I don't know if there's any posting websites are really cheap and affordable. And then if you use zoom or if you use, um, audacity, those are both very, you know, you could use the free zoom subscription and do less than 45 minute episodes. So you can do a podcast for very little money. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah, that's right. And you know, something that I was worried about when I started was, there's so many different podcast platforms. How do I get my podcast into all those places? But I, I use something called Captivate and that just does it all for me. So I just upload it in one place and it pushes it out everywhere else. Um, and I think if yes. I'd realized that earlier on, I, I may have done things a bit quicker than I did. For sure. Yeah. I use a hosting platform called Buzzsprout. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, mm -hmm. 
but it's the plan that I use because I'm not, you know, doing like a weekly show or anything. I think it's like five hours of content a month for $12 a month. And like you said, it pushes it out to all the different directories. So it puts it on Apple podcasts and Spotify and uh, anchor and Google and all of those different places where podcasts live. So I don't even have to do any of that. And it records all the stats for me. So I don't even have to keep track of those. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the it Cap- Captivate does, does, does a similar thing. So how, um, so you said you don't do yours weekly. How often does your podcast come out? I do it bi-weekly. I felt like that was a good cadence for me. Um, and you said you have like this bank of like four weeks worth of podcast guests mm-hmm. where yeah. I'm always kind of scrambling at the last minute going, okay, I'm recording on Saturday night for my Tuesday morning episode. And that's just, I mean, that's just how I, that's just how I do it. <laughs> and and how, how long do your episodes? Going on? But um, I, I find that's, um, Typically they are, well, you know what, when I started, I didn't have a specific time frame, Um, so I kind of let people talk, but then I found that the episodes that are like closer to don't get nearly as many downloads as the ones that are less than a half an hour. I don't know if you found something similar. Yeah, I, n- none of mine have been particularly long. Um, the episodes that I do myself tend to be under 10 minutes. Um, and the the ones where I'm talking to a guest tend to be around the 20 minute mark. Um, I mean, I, I tend to listen to podcasts when I'm walking the dog or doing the dishes or something like that. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't tend to listen to podcasts myself that are really long. So I kind of think my audience probably don't want to be that long either. Right. Or, you know, unfortunately, I don't listen to nearly as many podcasts as I did when I had a commute because like, you know, the podcast is a thing I listened to on the commute. So it was, you know, that that 25 minutes was whatever I could listen to within that 25 minutes. That was my commute. So. Yeah, that that's interesting. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, listen to podcasts when, when they're commuting. And I wonder whether podcast listenership went down last year um, because so many people were not commuting anymore. They were working from home or they, they, they were furloughed. Um, and, and, and so at the same time, because people perhaps had more spare time because they weren't commuting, maybe more people have been making podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's probably an increase in hosts or and a decrease in listening, maybe. But I have tried to, as there are more and more podcasts coming out, I've tried to listen more just at home while I'm working because I am working from home. So it is relatively easy still to kind of, you know, to still put it on in the background, but I have a fun question for you now, Liz, this is what I, this is what I like to ask other podcast hosts. How did you choose the music for your intro? Oh yeah, that is an interesting question. So, um, I, I was kind of lucky in a way in that because, because I'm a voiceover artist and sometimes my clients ask me to add music to, to the narration that I'm doing for them or um, you know, other kind of sound effects. I have a subscription to um, a website called Studio Blocks, I want to say it's called, no, Audio Blocks. Oh. 
they've changed yeah. the name of it. And um, so that that is full of um, jingles and short pieces of music that are uh, royalty free. So you don't have to pay anything for them. So I pay a subscription to the site, but I don't pay for the individual pieces of music. And I think I just went in there with some search terms like upbeat corporate something like that and yeah. I listened to various pieces of music and thought oh yeah I, I think that fits what I'm doing <laughs> how about you I did the same thing I went through and kind of scoured all of the royalty free music websites and there was a lot of things that sounded like like similar like almost like like that very like jingly upbeat realtor realty commercials when mm-hmm. you're looking to buy a house you know what I'm talking about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that feel good and I was like no this sounds like everything else I want something very unique and then I found um what my husband says sounds like the Austin Powers theme song <laughs> for mine it's like very like 60s groovy and I heard it and the song itself is called Jelly Donut. And I was like, in so many ways, this is just like, this just represents like the fun, like not taking myself too seriously kind of tone and, and vibe that I was going for. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's a good idea though, to have some kind of music, um, to to introduce your podcast because, you know, the, the rest of the podcast usually is, is people talking and it just gives a nice kind of definite beginning and end to it is some podcasts that I've dipped in and out of when, when I was doing my research literally just go straight into the episode and you're kind of huh. like oh okay have, have we started then <laughs> and I, I just I think it's a little bit more prof- it sounds a bit more professional I think to have an intro and outro I agree yeah I kind of bookend my podcast in the same way every time mm-hmm. I have like the music then I do my brief intro. Well, actually, I'm sorry. When I do a guest episode, I put like one quote, one like 10 second quote from the guest at the very beginning that kind of sums up the feel of the episode. And I'll put that at the very beginning and then I'll put the music and then I'll put the intro and then we go into the episode. And I, and I end it the same way every time too, with like the, I ask the same question of all of my guests. And then I do like, I have just like a recorded thanks for listening that yeah. I just, it was, it was pre-recorded and I just stick it in at the end of every single podcast. What yeah. about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. So I have a pre-recorded intro and an outro. So uh, the introduction you know, says who I am and who, what the podcast is and who it's for. Then um, I will then have an introduction to that episode, which doesn't have any music behind it. And what I do is I will record the interview with a guest and I'll say to them, I'm going to record the introduction later on after you've gone when I know what we've spoken about. So um, so that goes next. Then there's the interview. And at the end is the pre-recorded um, exit saying, you know, thanks for listening and please subscribe and um, rate and review and all, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Tell all your friends. <laughs> yeah. So Heidi, I've, I've got a question for you now. How do you find your guests? Oh, that's a really good question. So <laughs> when my podcast first started, it was definitely just me bothering all of my friends that I knew in L and D. And so my, my first three episodes were um, a fellow PhD student from my program, my former manager, and then kind of a new friend in my network that I had met at the time. 
Um, and I had just kind of pinged all of them and asked them if they'd be willing. And then I kind of went through down my friends list, but now it's to the point where my podcast has grown and has, you know, kind of gotten this small following and is kind of becoming a little bit more well-known in the L and D community. And so every once in a while, I'll put out a post on LinkedIn or something that says, Hey, you know, if you know somebody who would be a good guest on my podcast, or if you want to be a guest, you know, let me know. And that's actually generated quite a few different guests and people I hadn't met previously. I also have a Google form at the kind of top of my LinkedIn where people can, you know, go and fill out if they want to be a guest or if they know someone who would be a good guest. And then now I have people who will hear an episode where someone's promoting either their program or their book or something, because, you know, part of the reason I do this is to let people promote their stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, they'll be like, Hey, I I've done this thing, or I'm working on this cool project, or I just started this cool thing. And I'd love to come on your show and promote it. So now I've got like people approaching me saying, I'd love to come on your podcast. I'm like, Whoa, is this really happening? <laughs> what about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, when, when I started, I sort of made a list of people that I knew who would <laughs> yes. make, make good guests. And I, I, you know, I approached them and they, they, they were my, my first guests. And, um, and, and same kind of thing, you know, I, I've, I've reached out on, on social media. I, I attend a lot of networking meetings, which have largely been online, of course, over the last year. And I always post in the chat box that I have a podcast. And I'm looking for guests. So that, that, that generates guests that way. And like you, I'm at the point now where people do approach me and I interviewed somebody um, last week who she's she's got a book coming out in October that she was wanting to promote so she was very keen to come on but I don't know whether you you find this too um, I do get approached by really random people um, who send me an email and it's often it's often not them themselves it'll be like their PA or something sending me an email saying you know um, such and such a person I thought make a great great guest for the small business big network podcast and they, then they go on to say what this person does it's like nothing to do with my podcast at all and I think they just go through podcasts and, they, and, and just fire off emails to all of them I definitely don't get those requests I think because mine is such a niche market with L&D where yours is kind of you know you've got that small business angle you've got mm -hmm. other entrepreneurs trying to get their name out there but I do get like um, I do get people who see that someone has like sold a product or a service through my podcast and has promoted it. And so they want to, they're like, I want to come on your podcast and promote X. And I'm like, I don't know you. And I don't know what mm -hmm. this is. And I'm not sure if it's quality or not. And so, you know, there is, there is kind of a vetting process, right? There is kind yeah. of a, you have to know the person, you have to know their body of work you have to, you know, believe in whatever it is they're coming on to promote. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's like you, I'm quite happy for people to come on and promote what they're doing, you know, the book they've got coming out or, or, or so on. But you don't want that to be every episode, do you? Otherwise, it just becomes, you know, people are going to switch off because they think, oh, she's trying right. again. <laughs> yeah. So you have to kind of, change it up from, okay, this one's going to be more of kind of promoting, but this one's going to be just about cool projects that people are working on and cool work that people have done. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So do you, do you think that, uh, being a female podcast host makes a difference to anything at all? 
You know, I think that, I think it does. And I think that there's actually kind of a positive, positive support group for females in podcasting. So when I first started my podcast, one of my influences was, um, a leadership podcast. I can't, of course I can't remember the name of it on the <laughs> spot right now. Um, but I had reached out to the gal who hosted it and had let her know that like, she had inspired me to start a podcast. And she told me about this women in podcasting Facebook group that was mm-hmm. out there. And so that was nice, but that was kind of more of like the, um, there was a lot of people on there doing like mental health and wellness and true crime podcasts, right? Like the very popular content topics for podcasts. So there weren't a lot of people doing what I was doing. And then, uh, probably about six months ago now, I want to say, um, a few people in my network, Erica Zimmer, Amy Patricic and Leslie early, who all have their own L and D podcasts reached out and said, Hey, we should start a monthly just chat where we all just get together and talk about being a female and doing an LND podcast. And that has helped so tremendously just finding that small group of other podcast hosts who are doing the exact same topics and the exact same content. And we share branding ideas. We share marketing ideas. We share guest ideas. We talk about things like how do we get our guests to be more diverse? You know, how do we find people who are a little bit different to talk to? Hey, is there someone that you've talked to that you think I should talk to and things like that? We talk about how to focus our podcast more. We give each other encouragement on, you know, whether we should take a break or keep going or do a new season or things like that. And it's just been a really supportive amazing group. And it's helped me, you know, I'm like, Hey, can I steal this idea and use it for my podcast? And so, you know, I've come up with, um, I now release when I release a podcast episode, I just make a little quote in Canva from the guest, the same quote that I use at the beginning of my episode. And I post that on LinkedIn. That was an idea that those gals gave me that I just wasn't doing before because I just, didn't have the time or didn't think of it. And I think that that's been a really positive thing for women in podcasting in general, because the other thing I noticed is that it just seems so easy and flawless for all of the gentlemen I know who host podcasts, right? They do very little editing. And that was one of the things that also made me stop heavy editing was realizing that like, they just kind of some of these guys just kind of seem like they throw it together. And (laughs) I feel like I've spent so much time trying to make it perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's something else that, that made me sort of dither about starting. It was the whole trying to make it perfect. I think particularly because of course I'm, I'm in the audio industry. And so people probably expect a certain level of audio quality. And although my audio is good. I have no control really over the quality of the guests audio. And I'm sure you've probably had the same same issue. And 
sometimes I can't even pinpoint why it is that their, their audio doesn't sound good. Um, and I guess it's just because of the space they're recording in. You know, I, I'm recording mm-hmm. in a in a dedicated um, vocal booth, which, you know, of course, my guests don't have. They're just ordinary business people. Um, and I, I always say to my guests, you, know, you need to wear headphones and if you've got an external mic. That would be ideal. Um, and you try and have a quiet background. But sometimes it's just not possible. And it ends up where there's a real noticeable difference between the quality of my audio and the quality of the guests but I think you know what as long as the content's good I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna live with it and not worry too much about the fact that it isn't pristine audio because my guests aren't voiceover artists and they don't have the the equipment and the background that I do and um, I think it's okay Yeah, for sure. No, I've listened to a couple of your episodes before this just to do some uh, some research. And I'm like, wow, you know, I always joke and say that mine is a very amateur podcast, that it's not super polished, that it's very off the cuff. And and then I listened to yours and I was like, yeah, she definitely knows what she's doing. <laughs> That's very she's kind definitely of <laughs> a professional. <laughs> I don't always feel like it. <laughs> Especially when sometimes you know, at, at the start of an episode, um, we just can't get the technology to work. <laughs> yes, that yes. happens. Um, I, I think that you said that you use use Zoom for recording. I, I use um, a platform called CleanFeed, which is which is audio only, and that it's great, okay. and the audio quality is 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 better than than I can get from Zoom. But of course, the downside of an audio only platform is I can't see the guest. And so sometimes, you know, I'm sitting there and I can see they're trying to connect and it's not working, but I can't see them. And I also can't speak to them because connection hasn't worked. And then we have to go back to emailing and say, right, try this, try that. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's so I actually I don't use Zoom. Um, That's just what I recommend to people getting started. Uh, I actually use um, Squadcast. I'm not sure if you've heard of that one. Yeah, I have heard um, of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that does allow me to do video. Um, they've actually just recently allowed you to now record video, but it used to be that you were just on video and recording audio only. Right. But the video piece was just so that you could have that conversation. And I found that to be like a very helpful thing to be able to see the other person and feel like you're actually having a conversation or having a chat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do, I do love clean feed and um, there, there, there are two versions of it. I, I have the free version, which works, oh, great. which works fine for recording podcasts. You can get a paid version. And the, the difference is the paid version allows you to um, record you and your guests on different channels. So you end up with two, gotcha. you know, an audio yes. file for each. Whereas the free version, I just get one audio file and it's both of us in there, but, and that's usually okay. I mean, I have actually even used it with um, my community theater group during the lockdown. We recorded some um, like radio plays, uh, audio oh, dramas, cool. and we had six or seven people on the line and it, it worked fine. <laughs> that's awesome. So let me ask you this. Do you have a favorite episode of your podcast? Do I have a favorite? Um, I just recorded a really good one this week, which won't be going out until end of October, beginning of November um, with a guy that I met some years ago. Um, and he is a, he's a marketeer and he's, he's a public speaker. 
And one of his, his companies that he, he, he co-founded is involved in the next moon landing and oh. basically selling advertising space on, on the rocket from what I can gather. What? It's incredible. And he's just a fascinating guy. I mean, he worked on um, a, a project here uh, with Coca-Cola a few years ago, um, which is called share a coke or something and all these coke bottles with people's names on were produced and you could find your own name um you know oh yeah on the show he was involved in that and so he's got some fascinating stories and he was just so interesting to talk to and you know the, the episodes that I like the best are the ones where the guests just talk and you don't have to do much work <laughs> and you know I could like, ask him a question and he would just go <laughs> <laughs> just yes just, so uh that those, those, those um, are my favorite episodes and um, the one with john hinchliffe was really good actually as well he's another person he will just just oh, he's great and uh yeah and as i say we, we had the hairdryer in the background just for <laughs> added atmosphere on that one <laughs> white noise white noise yeah <laughs> how, how about you do you have a favorite you know i think if i had to pick it would be those first three episodes and the reason is because I, so when I was doing kind of all my research to get the podcast started, it was saying that you should release multiple episodes mm -hmm. when you launch your podcast at yeah. once yeah. so that you can get like a spike in listenership. Yeah. Right. And so I released three episodes together, but I recorded them all on the same day because I was off of work that day. And I just remember being so nervous leading up to it and then recording all three and just feeling like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I could do this all day, every day. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I feel that way when I get off the, the you know, call with every single guest, but I think it was just amplified in that initial recording space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like you, I, I had been told to release three episodes at once yeah. to start with and um, just to help you kind of get traction so and if someone goes to your podcast page they can see that you've got more than one episode and they can listen to um you know listen to the episodes back to back to really get a flavor of what what's going to be coming and um I don't know whether you did you did this as well but um when my podcast launched I sort of went all out on the marketing of it and um, you know, it was all over LinkedIn and Facebook and I was emailing people and getting people mm. to um, subscribe and rate and review and, and so on. And I, that did help my podcast get to number five in the Apple marketing podcast charts, uh, which was amazing. <laughs> that is incredible. Good for you. It's never been anywhere near there again, but <laughs> I can say it's a top five podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's a great, that's a great accolade. So what, what plans do you have for your podcast going forward? Um, you know, mostly right now it's just to keep it going. I have, I have started to unashamedly ask people to come on it, like big people, like pretty, pretty important people in the L&D fields. And most, mostly they've been pretty gracious. What I found is people like being asked to be on a podcast. People find that flattering. So that's really my thing is to just kind of keep getting more guests and keep, keep it going is the biggest thing. What about you? Yeah, the same thing, really, just, just to keep it going. And I, I do still have a, a list of people to contact who I think would make good guests. So, um, yeah, I think there's some, some life in it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. Great. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you about what we do and what we enjoy doing just for fun, you know? Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's been great, great chatting to you, Heidi. You too, Liz. Take care. You too. I felt like a nodding dog throughout this session. The way Liz and Heidi covered the topic was brilliant, especially in the face of the challenges that we had. First up, a transformer blew in Heidi's hometown and she lost all power and all Wi-Fi. A bit later, Liz's dog decided to join in the podcast and contributed until they'd been fed. And as Liz and Heidi said, you only want to edit lightly. So apart from these interruptions, the episode is their whole conversation. A massive thanks to both Liz and Heidi for such a great episode. As always, their details and the links we discussed are in the show notes. Remember to share, like and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate everyone who listens and contributes to help make this podcast such a cool thing to do. As always, thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon.